everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League Podcast where we've gone back to the future as for the first time this season I, John Phipps, am sat in my car with a laptop with Matt Gerrard on the other end of the phone. It's been another huge week in non-league football until last night I was sure we'd be leading the show on Ray Turner leaving Faversham Town but then came the news that one of our Bostic teams is, well, just leaving. Uh, we'll be discussing the Thamesby Town scenario very shortly. First of all, though, let's have a quick chat with a man who told me over a not-at-all-romantic dinner in a well-known chain pub on Monday night that his favourite member of Blue is Duncan. Matt Gerrard, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I, was the only, I know the guy from Strictly, he got booted out, and Duncan's the only one I've ever I sort of knew. Everybody seems to have, I'm sure my sister actually loved Duncan, so... Uh, but I think... Uh, I don't, I'm not he's wrong. Is Duncan gay? I think he may have... Uh, one of the boy members who come out, I don't know. But no, but if Duncan, he always that's that good look so there you go Duncan but, but what is your favourite boy band? I don't have a favourite boy band I'm male and straight <laughs> well but I only remember do you remember New Kids on the Block because when I was at school the girls used to go back in 1990 New Kids on the Block they were like oh, everybody loved them at school so I quite I used to quite like New Kids on the Block ooh, ooh, uh, uh, uh. the right stuff so yeah New Kids on the Block my favourite boy band well, I must admit, my, my other half, who is a, a couple of years older than me, she's a big New Kids on the Block fan, um, and she had posters of them and all sorts. And uh, her favourite, I can't remember his name from New the Kids. The little bloke. Yeah, I can't remember if, if his name was Jordan or Jonathan. That's I, it. I think it might Jordan. be Jordan. Jonathan. Everybody used to love him. He was like the uh, the younger looking one, so probably like uh, Mark Owen. Yeah, well, she she said that she always liked the one who was um, who wasn't everyone's favourite and was probably what some would deem the least attractive. And then always follows that sentence up with, "So I suppose that shows why I'm going out with you." So that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Um, boy bands, no, never really, never really did it for me. I I I, I like rock music. I always have done, and you know, I I suppose I don't hate any of them. But to to say I have a favourite. Um, would be a bit extreme. Although I have seen Robbie Williams live on three occasions uh, since his since he left. Take that again, not my choice. But you know, you have to do these things sometimes, Matt. Yeah, I've seen take, uh, Robbie Williams before, so um, that's really before he, he turned into absolute rubbish. I think so. Um, <laughs> there you go. I, I don't watch the X Factor. He's on that now. I see. So um, yeah. Apart from that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy bands. What else? Oh, recommendation. A couple of people recommended. Um, a TV program. Um, I'm on to Strangers at the moment, but somebody said it. So I've done it two episodes. Quite interesting, but it goes on a bit. So um, I'll watch it to the end. But that's thanks for the recommendation. That and also I've... somebody picked up John. And a very interesting conversation. Well, I thought it was interesting about the uh, number plate. Apparently G is for Garden of England, but the other letter constitutes where you are in Kent. Wow. So somebody. Oh, uh, somebody who's uh, I'm friends with uh, clearly listens to the pod. Thanks for listening. He put me straight on that. I don't know if that's true or not, but it brought about a debate, John, which is what we want from the pod. Oh, exactly. Um, what was the, the feedback you had about that strangers program? Did you say? About it's all, I've seen two episodes. Not too bad. I do like Amelia Fox, by the way, so it's worth sticking with. But what was she it? Someone said my... to you that it was quite interesting, but goes on a bit, yeah. That's a lady at work mentioned. Somebody recommended it to me. I can't remember who it was. But thanks for the recommendation. So sat down on the iPlayer to watch it, and uh, the lady at work who watched all these things. She said it's good, but it's going on and on and on. And I was thinking, I'm episode two in. We've got another six to go. 
where else is it going to go from here? So, mm. from that point, I've started watching now, you know, I've slated reality TV shows, got the kids in to come dine with me. What a show that is. I do love it, because there is some absolute clubs out there saying the kids absolutely love that now. So, we want to come dine with me after they didn't make another series of that uh, Dress to Impress, which was very disappointing. Obviously, I've been watching a lot of Three in the Bed for reasons that will no doubt be discussed. Four in the Bed, as it's now called, uh, for reasons that will probably become appear uh, become apparent over the next month. But um, that that review. Very straight- brow, of course. I'll get my kids to watch these television programs. We're not watching that panorama or um, things <laughs> like that. We are watching reality TV that people make clubs of themselves. Exactly, exactly. And and the line I was trying to get out of you, Matt, was you said that Strangers is quite interesting, but goes on a bit, which I think is also a review that some people have given of the Kent on Lee podcast. Very good. Well, yes, very good. Our numbers have been up, though, John. I'm, well, from if we can check on uh, SoundCloud, there are other providers available, but our numbers are quite good this year, which is really pleasing. I, I don't know why that is, but uh, thanks for everybody who listens. And uh, always give us a, a knock a, a knock up, a, a shout on uh, social media. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. It's our 54th episode uh, this week, and 54 is the name of a film with such a good description on Wikipedia that I'm just going to lift it, Matt. It stars Ryan Philippe, Salma Hayek, Neve Campbell and Mike Myers. Prior to its release in 1998, the film was extensively reshot and recut, then released to poor critical reaction, but somewhat respectable box office. Now that to me sounds bloody awful. Never heard it. Mike Myers, that was in his peak of Austin Powers, but he doesn't do much these days, does he? So... Apart from Shrek, of course, which is another of my favourites. Well, there you go. Um, right, so we we better talk then about uh, Thames Mead Town. I think it came as a bit of a surprise. Um, I've I first heard about it this morning, uh, Wednesday morning, that Thames Mead Town have announced that it's it's the end of the road and the club has been liquidated. I've I've got some of the uh, some of the statement from the chairman Paul Bowden Brown, obviously a well known man in Kent football, in front of me here. So I'm just going to read you three paragraphs of it. Um, Paul Baldenbaum has said, we continue to have a lack of supporters coming through the gate to watch the team this season. For the last two games after paying for the officials, we have netted a total of £11 for the club. Even though I finance the club management, the squad, play- the squad of players, the ground and all other required expenses. Coupled with my failing health, I've had to make a very difficult decision. Although I accept that the writing has been on the wall for some times now, I want- still wanted to ensure that I covered every eventuality that would allow our club to continue to trade. However, this was not successful and I feel the time has come for me to hang up my boots at Thamesmead Town and call it a day. There has been no genuine interest in someone taking over the club, even though I've offered to write off all my shareholdings, all my investments since 2012 for the sum of £1. As I have been the only person financing the club since 2015, I feel after discussing matters with my advisors, including the league, it would seem there is no other option but to appoint a liquidator to close down the club with immediate effects. There's a lot more of the statement. Um, feel free to read it on the Thamesmead Town website, but so sad. And and the line for me is, is right at the top there. We've netted £11 for the last two games. And I guess a football club needs its supporters, doesn't it? Yeah, that statement is quite interesting. One Paul Bowden-Brown goes into it, the whys and where's where it's happened to the club. Yeah, they haven't had a ground. Um, so I remember going to Thamesmead. Um, it was Bailey's Avenue where... Um, other teams play now is it Wellingtown play etc like yes. that which is, and it's a sort of middle of it, a housing estate etc like that so they're always going to struggle to get support when they move out of there unless you're a diehard supporter of the club you know it's going to be struggle when you're going to Dartford each weekend you know £11 making any, not going to make any money you know I feel sorry for Tommy Warlow who's, who's done a probably you know you know he's attracted some decent players there but 
it just doesn't work out for them. And we don't want to see a club fold, but, but we, you know, normally we see a sort of phoenix rising for some of these clubs, but you can't really see it. And Paul Bowden Brown's put his money in, but something's come to an end. But it's, it's, it's a difficult year for us in Kent football in general. We've lost a lot of managers and now we're losing the team. What, what will be next? I don't know. It's it, it, like you say, it is really difficult, but you can understand it. And I've spoken to Tommy a couple of times. Obviously, I spoke to him uh, this time last year, roughly for the podcast. And I spoke to him um, on the radio show when you weren't around that week. We had him on the phone. Um, he came on even though they'd lost their first game of the season 6-1 as well, which I thought was quite good of him. But both times I've spoken to him, he said to me, you know, the difficulty he's got is there's no one covering the club. There's no local press around. His phone doesn't ring. And, and Tommy's brilliant with the press anyway. But his phone never rings. And, and if a club hasn't got that support from its community, it doesn't really stand a chance. And unfortunately, this is, you know, this is a, an example of this. And, and it is, it's so sad because, you know, obviously Paul Bowden-Brown has been around the, the area. He's, he's been a big name in Kent football. Obviously, he says in there about his failing health. So we wish him well with that. Um, but you kind of get the feeling that if he couldn't make this club survive, then there really is no other option than to say, you know, we've, we've got to call it a day. He's obviously put some money into the club. That's all now written off from him and, and fair play to him for trying. But it, it is obviously the end of the line. And I suppose the interesting thing now is Tommy Warrillow is now out of a job. All those players are now out of a job. I mean, we're still waiting for official confirmation from the league about what's going to happen to Thamesmead's record. Um, their last game was a 3-0 win over Guernsey. But those players and manager are all now looking for new clubs. So it's going to be an interesting few weeks, I'd imagine, um, you know, for what's going to happen there. But first and foremost, you know, 50 years of history almost for Thamesmead Town. There isn't going to be a Thamesmead Town anymore. And, and ultimately, that is, that is the sad thing. But sometimes... Is it right to just call it a day rather than keep struggling on and throwing money at something that clearly isn't viable? Well, I think you'll probably find out there's a lot of non-league sides, not necessarily in Kent, but in other parts of the country that aren't viable. And you're relying on one man to just keep bankrolling the club, whatever level it is, the top end or the lower end. But, and that must be coming to a point um, from that point of view. You do have a lot of sides around that North Kent area, don't you? So, um, and, and if you come from Thamesmead... Would you support Thamesmead Town? We have that out of ground. It's going to be very, very difficult. Just, you feel for them. Paul Bowden Brown's been involved in football for a long time at Maidstone. He was at Ashton as well. So he knows how to run a football club in some context, so you know how it, how it all works. And maybe it's just got enough's enough. Really interesting to see where some. I think Matt, somebody said Matt Bobkin was playing at Thamesmead as well this season. So some decent players out there. Tommy Warrell, a top man. Um, yeah, I'm sure you know we've lost a Kent manager this week. Tommy Warrillow is a decent manager, knows a lot of players. I'm sure, hopefully for him, he won't be out of work for later for a long time for a while. He, you know, he'll be able to get a job soon. But yeah, just so disappointing. No, we don't want to see a, a football club survive. And you look at it, all the money in the Premier League going down, and is it going to grassroots? There's a different question, and of course, for the sale of Wembley, will they see it? For, but that's from that point of view. But you know, I'm sure it, it goes on a lot of places, and Paul Bowden Brown's finally decided. Enough's enough, and you know, there's a lot of you know. You look at it. There's a lot of you know, clubs saying, "Oh yeah, really disappointed," but there doesn't seem to be anybody saying, "No, it's a disgrace." Just sort of, you know, sort of apathy there. Maybe it's gone through, and everybody just decided, "Well, just enough is enough." There's no sort of people saying, "No, we're going to rescue it." So that that's probably the disappointing thing. I have actually seen a couple of people on social media. If you just search for Thamesmead on Twitter, and um, there are a couple of people t- sort of taking aim at a, a building company um, who I think have have kind of made Thamesmead's 
dreams of getting back into the area where they are a little bit harder. And obviously they left Bayliss Avenue. And, you know, so, so I think that, that there are a couple of people out there who, who are frustrated. But no, that there aren't people particularly up in arms going absolutely, yeah. oh, no, this is terrible news. I think there is an acceptance there. And, and, and I guess that is the sad thing, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if my football club folded tomorrow, you know, I think there'll be a lot of people do it. We've nearly done it before. People come trying to rescue it, but there's nothing for that Thames me, which is mm, a sad state of affairs, really. It really is. Um, so we'll move on to the second big story of the week then, which is the news that came out on Monday night that uh, Ray Turner has left Faversham Town after uh, seven years as manager at Salters Lane. Um, it's come to an end for, for Ray Turner. Um, step down on Saturday. We're going to hear more from our, our guest later on the show. But for now, here's a very short clip from uh, Canterbury City manager Ben Smith, who we spoke to just after that news had broken. Uh, I'm gutted, absolutely gutted for Ray. Um, you know, he's got some good players there. Um, and, you know, I've seen him play some excellent stuff. But I think, uh, having been at the game Saturday, I think, you know, certain people have let him down. Um, and it's disappointing, really, to see a manager that's been there for a long time, maybe seven years, had you know great success there, um, and suddenly he's the one he's the one that's walking when maybe it's, it shouldn't be him. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing. Um, he's to be fair, he's he's been a bit of a role model. Um, I mean, it's, you know, obviously I'm local, local to to Faversham. Um, you know, coming through into you know, transitioning to management, you know, seeing that what the job he's done, you know. Um, I've spoken to him quite a lot. He's given me advice when I've needed it. So I'm really disappointed for him. But I'm sure that that won't be the last we hear um, for Ray Turner. I think he'll get a good club because anyone would be lucky to have him as a manager. Um, interesting comments from Ben there. Um, Ray's been there a long time at Faversham. Really, really nice fella. Um, and I guess this year it just hasn't worked out for, for all parties. And and maybe the time is right for him to move on. But But what a shame. Yeah, I suppose last season they didn't have a particularly good season. I think they, you know, say later on, or maybe in that piece, maybe they overachieved when they got to the playoffs a few times. They had some good players. Ray was in there doing a good job, but just hasn't really worked out. Going out the trophy at the weekend, Sittingbourne, which you no, know, they got a good hardcore support um, Faversham as well. So they'll be disappointed to lose to their rivals. Maybe it's enough. We've seen it. You know, Tony Berman's gone, Chris Kinnear's gone, Jay Saunders gone. All round the five to seven year period, maybe the life of a manager and Ray Turner said in his, in his statement that he's getting his views to the players maybe they're not listening to anymore and absolute legend of that football club I'm sure when he looked back and think you know he'll try to get back in but good job to have it'll be interesting who's going to go for that job but just feel sorry for Ray because he was Mr Faversham wasn't he he was I mean ever since I've been sort of back around the Kent Lord League game it's always just been Ray Turner's Faversham that's the way it's always been and I know that he you know, he cared deeply about that club. I know that he was he was beyond gutted when they lost in that playoff final to Maidstone a few years uh, ago. And, you know, always had the interest of that club at heart. And, you know, good good, good talker, good with the press. I know um, we did try to get him on this week's show, but he was busy. But we'll try and get him on next week when, when hopefully the dust has settled a little bit for Ray as well. But, you know, just a really nice man. The sort of man, you know, sometimes when you're interviewing managers, you think, yeah, I could play for you. If I wasn't, you know, fat and useless, and Fireman, Fireman Ray, because obviously he is a, uh, he is a, a, he works for the Fire Brigade at his day job, and I'm never tired of the joke. How'd you get hold of uh, Ray Turner, dial nine nine nine, and ask for Ray? Don't do that, anyone at home. Um, but I always had the feeling that, you know, 
I reckon I'd, I'd, I'd play for him. I'd, I'd, I reckon he'd get the best out of me. And and I suppose the disappointment has been that over the past year or so, he hasn't got the best out of his Faversham players. Yeah, I, I, I think it was. You know, I think they, they lose the wording quite heavily in the playoff as well, didn't they? So yeah, they got. And he's lost a few players. Yeah, and it's. Um, yeah, maybe you know he got cause some good players there. He's had some excellent footballers down there. Just maybe. You know, yeah, the heartbreak of missing out, and I think it was quite controversial the wording of the game or something, something going on, wasn't there? From what I remember from that, yeah, you feel for it. But now Faversham needs to go. Look, some, a lot of people will be interested in that job, even if they've got a current job at the moment. Good facilities, good club, good location. Yeah, I'll be interested to see who, who takes that on for. Of course, seventy-three-year-old Clive Walker. I know Clive really well. He's been his assistant for numerous years. I don't think I don't know if Clive would want to do it, but. Um, you know, he knows all about the club, so he's probably worth tapping up for, for the brains for it. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, yeah, really disappointed for Ray. I suppose you wonder, though, you say about Clive Walker, I'd imagine at 73, he probably won't fancy the job full-time, but he could he could help a new manager. But also, there is a possibility Faversham might get a new manager in, complete new brush. You may want to, you know, change everything and put their own yeah. stamp on things. Because we've seen with, and obviously this isn't the same level, but we've seen at Manchester United, how hard it is to follow a manager who's had such a, a long spell there. We're seeing it at Dartford to a certain extent. It is difficult. And, and you know, do you just need a complete new brush, a complete start? Or would you rather have someone with maybe a little bit less experience who could be eased into the job working alongside Clive? Well, I thought maybe managers would probably um, look at it. Maybe they want to bring their own people in, as you say there, from that point of view. I mean, I'm throwing, like, maybe, for example, Steve Watt. You know, Maidstone not working at the moment. Uh, play managed at a higher level last season. Maybe it's the kind of job that he'd be interested in, uh, and he's well qualified. Maybe he would want to bring his own people rather than Clive Walker. But Clive Walker is probably worth tapping it. He's, what Clive Walker's forgotten about football is more than I've actually known. So I'm interested to see what Clive goes from here. But yeah, yeah, I can I can think of. I'm not going to speculate, but I can think of a few people out there who maybe have lost their job over the last few. Uh, parts of this season who could be uh, linked to that position maybe not the managers but maybe the people the assistants and etc like that may be interested in that position but we'll, we'll we'll keep you on and we'll keep you informed who gets that job there yeah I've certainly got three or four names in my head as well but as you say it's, it's not really for us to speculate but I don't, like you say that that is an attractive job as you just heard um, Matt mentioned there Ray Turner's final game in charge of Faversham was in the FA Trophy when they went down 2-0 at home to Sittingbourne uh, elsewhere on Saturday um, Ramsgate and Phoenix drew 1-1 and Ramsgate prevailed 1-0 in the replay thanks to an Aaron Milbank goal. Herne Bay won 2-1 at Aylesbury. Whitstable Town won at Bedford Sports. Uh, Cray Wanderers went out. They lost 2-0 at Canby Island. Uh, Frankie Sawyer scored a hat-trick as, Grays were, as Seven Oaks were 4-2 winners over Greys. Hive beat FC Romania 2-0 and VC Athletic beat Hamwell Town 3-1. Um, the Bostic Premier sides are now in the hat for that as well. So, in the next round, Cityborne will host Wingate and Finchley. Whitstable will go to Brentwood. Hyther at home to Bishop Stortford. Margate host their divisional rivals, Potter's Bar Town. Seven Oaks Town go to Dorking Wanderers. It's AFC Hornchurch against Ramsgate. Folkestone and Victor against Leatherhead. Tunbridge Angels against Whiteleaf. VCD Athletic against Leyston. And Herne Bay host Whitham Town. So, um, good for Herne Bay to get a win, play a game, and they've got a home tie in the next round. So, we talked about that last week, didn't we, Herne Bay never playing at home? At least they've got a game this week. Yeah, I think they've been asking out on Kenneth Lyon, saying that, you know, it's been difficult for them um, getting um, finances through the door. So, that, yeah, 
I don't, I don't think the um, trophy pays as much as probably as it should do because the FA Cup seems to have taken on there. But yeah, well earned coffers, well earned win, and hopefully can do their confidence a bit of good because they, you know, at the moment they're going to be they're going to be bottom of the table, aren't they? So um, uh, with terms of me going, so yeah, interesting from that point of view. Yeah, yeah, hopefully they can get going. But after, as you've only played seven league games and we're in the middle of well middle of October, sometimes you do question the uh, fixture pile up or the fixtures in the uh, Devon Bostic League. We do. And, and I mean, looking at that draw, it's, it's a conversation we've had before. I think we had it last week. None of these teams in this in this round are going to win it. The best they can hope is to get through and play Leighton Orient away and or Salford City and get a big crowd and get some gate receipts. So, But you just want to have, have as good a run as you can, I suppose. And, you know, looking at those ties, Herne Bay will be quite happy. Margate probably won't be too unhappy with that one. Um, but a lot of the others have got teams at a higher level. Uh, so it is going to be hard from time. The Angels should be expecting to get through, but the likes of Seven Oaks, that's a tough tie. Um, Ramsgate going to Hornchurch, that's a tough tie. Folkestone against Leatherhead, tough tie. Um, but I just wonder, Hythe Town might just fancy their chances against Bishop Storford, do you think? Well, Bishop Storford managed by Jamie Curiton. I just like Jamie Curiton. He was a legend of football manager. Yeah, still going at 43. Done a good job, still scores goal. Yeah. Anybody Hive going to Reachfield, Hive really good at home. And, and that's a good challenge for them. Higher level, but I think uh, Hive will be uh, quite confident on that one, I think. Yeah, looking at the FA Bars as well, which was on Saturday. Again, it's gone quite well, Matt. We're still getting the teams through. So the results on Saturday were uh, Siddlesham nil, Chatham Town 2, Sheppard United 4, East Preston nil, Wick nil, Lordswood 3, Corinthian 3, Deal Town 2. Beersted had a cracking result beating... Scaffold leaders Beckham 3-0. Uh, Cray Valley drew 1-1 at St. Pantelimion. That replay is tonight, Wednesday. Uh, Irith Town won 2-1 at Bedford and Feltham. Uh, but Russell went out 2-1 at Newhaven. And Tunbridge Wells went out at AFC Uckfield Town. Shame both of those lost, as those teams are also playing teams from the Scaffold, actually. Newhaven and Uckfield. And on Sunday, Canterbury City with 2-1 winners over Salt Dean United. Um, that sets them up a tie at Corinthian in the next round. And we caught up with their manager, Ben Smith, on Monday night. So then, Ben, you're, uh, you're through in the FA Vars um, and then you get drawn against Corinthian. You've already knocked you out of the FA Cup. Is, is that a good chance for revenge? Uh, absolutely. That's exactly uh, the messages we had on our WhatsApp group uh, this morning, actually. Um, I had a feeling we were going to draw a side from, uh, from our league because obviously we had 10, I think it was 10 through... Um, so I was, I was thinking we might have Alexi Croydon away, which would be a, it's a horrible place to go. Um, maybe Seppi away because we've had a bit of a, you know, off the field running with them recently. Or there's obviously Corinthian who knocked us out of the, uh, the FA Cup. Um, you know, as it happens, we, uh, we go and get Corinthian. So, um, so it's an interesting one, to say the least. Um, and probably a, probably a 50-50 tie, maybe 60-40 potentially in their favour, having the home advantage. Um. Yeah, I'm not really one that likes draws against teams in our league. Even if we were playing, you know, a side bottom of the league, I prefer to go and you know mix it with someone you've never heard before. Um, there's obviously some random names that come out in the in the draws. It'd be nice to sort of face one of those for a yeah, you know, and do something different. <laughs> you know, we like to pick out the random names. There certainly are some brilliant ones in there. But you had a good result on on Sunday as well. Yeah, I mean, Salt Dean are flying in their league. Um, to be fair, looking at the draw, we're thinking, you know, that's. This is probably you know one of the tougher games we could have got from a Sussex side. Um, luckily, they, they they showed all their games and they've got like a Tigers TV. Um, 
they showed all their games on YouTube. So all of our homework was pretty easy to do, to do really, um, and it worked to a treat. Does you when you played on a Sunday? Does that make your preparation a little bit harder? Because you know everybody else plays on a Saturday, and your guys got to play on a Sunday. Did it? Does that work in your favour or against you? Do you find? I, I don't know really. I think the fact that they've had to travel a fair way uh, on a Sunday, they maybe you know add some players that maybe play in their Sunday leagues. I'm not sure. You know, you're never never sure what managers allow players to play on Sundays and that sort of stuff. So it might have might have caused them a few more distractions than us. Um, having to be you know here at home, it was easy for us to get the players out and you know on a Sunday and play. We only had one player that was unavailable, uh, you know, for for family reasons. So that that worked for us. I think more so, it was probably more of a hindrance for me and my nerves, <laughs> waiting the extra day to get going, seeing all this scaffold side go through. Which is great, you know. It gives, you know, certainly gives us a, a G up. Um, make sure we uh, we follow suit. Oh, we, well, I think we discussed this last season actually. But when, when do you start to dream in the Vars, or do you just take each game as it comes? Uh, we certainly take each game as it comes. Um, you know, I think I think we go go past the Corinthians, then we can start thinking. Well, if it's, it would go down to the last thirty-two, then you're thinking, what if? You know, we've got a few players in our side that. You know, got to the semi with uh, with Herne Bay, you know, so they've been there. They know they know what it takes to do that. Um, and to be fair, a lot of them are saying that the feeling in our dressing room at the minute is similar to what they had at Herne Bay at that time. Yeah, experience, um, experience, big in that competition, because you don't know when you go deep into it. You're playing against sides you know don't know too much about. So, experienced players are key in this competition. No, of course. I mean, you know. We've brought in some experienced players this year, and I think the consistency of our results has, you know, has really improved. Um, and I think in those one-off games, you need players that can that can turn up on that day. Um, and I think the experience of being in big games is, you know, is definitely going to help in that matter. Looking at the league as well so far, Ben, you, you've got to be pretty happy. I mean, you're eighth in the table, but you're only three points behind second and you've got two games in hand on them. Obviously, Beckham are clear at the moment, but I've still got a feeling this is a wide open league, isn't it? Yeah, massively. I mean, you know, we we think we're flying and then we turn around and, you know, maybe don't play and someone else wins. And then we're sitting at, you know, sixth, seventh and you're thinking, bloody hell, we're, we're not going to land with two points off the top. How does that work? Um you're sort of scratching your head really to, to work out what's going on this year, but I felt it would be a, a you know a lot closer this year in, in terms of the league. Um, you know, you had some good clubs coming up. You know, Fisher, um, they're a big club really. Um, obviously, back in the day, they were you know a bigger club than the Scaffold League. Um, so they've come in and they've they've certainly surprised a lot of people. Um, and you've got obviously your likes of Beckham, etc. That you know you knew would be up there. Um, but then they're starting to drop points now. So it really opens it up and, you know, other people are starting to look at it and, you know, their eyes are lighting up thinking, well, if they're slipping up, maybe we can creep in there. You've got a game on Wednesday. Of course, you play at Faversham. I mean, your home form has been good. You've won five out of five. You've got K-Sports, another side who got promoted. Do you know much too much much about them? Yeah, well, we've played them twice. We drew them twice in a, in a Cups last year. Um, so, we, yeah, we played them home and away last year. Um, and they're, they're, they're going to be a difficult side to play against. I think people look at, you know, you're playing K-Sports, promoted uh, maybe in the bottom half of the league, you should go and, you know, that's a win now. But actually, that will be one of, more, one of the more difficult games because from having seen them last year, they don't stop working and they, they make you fight for everything. Um, you know, and, and we struggled against Deal last week who did exactly the same. So we need to make sure we're, we're at it. Uh, otherwise, you know, that good home record you speak of, that's gone out of the window. Um, 
And certainly teams will come there now thinking, well, you know, can we be the ones that stop the home, that home form? And obviously you, you talk about your home form, your home at the moment is Faversham, but your plans are in now for, for your stadium. How long is that going to take it and, and what's the process now? Uh, well, the process now is it sort of goes into the council, uh, the application's in. Uh, we're now going round, you know, I'm dropping leaflets round, trying to get people to sign letters of support for the club. Because you've got, you know, you've got a, a handful of people that that you know don't want the the project to happen because of the environmental fears they have. Um, you know, it's, the, the site is, itself is in an area of outstanding natural beauty. So again, you know, with uh, planning committees, they start getting a bit, you know, uh, itchy feet on you know passing through projects in those areas. So we've just got to make sure that they they know fully what what we do in the community because it's not just a first team. Um, that's what you know. We're, we're trying to educate people in the area that you know there's um, you know the walking football side of it, the disability teams, the you know the youth teams, the, the uh, ladies section. The club does an awful lot that you know the community needs. Um, and if it doesn't happen, there's going to be no Canterbury City Football Club. What's the sort of timescale for these sort of things when it goes to planning? Do you do you have a timescale how how long it's going to take? Yeah, I believe um, I believe early in the new year we'll we'll find out from the council uh, where we're at with it. Um, but I mean, everything I'm hearing so far, yes, you can have people people sort of objecting at any planning you know permission. Um, whether you want to do an extension on your house or you you want to do a big project, it's, they're going to have people that don't want it to happen. Um, but you know, we've just got to make sure that you know all the things we're hearing, sorry, are you know are positive about it. Um, we're in with the rugby club as well. They hold a lot of clout in the Canterbury area, and you know their their ambitions are to be you know a you know, top two tier rugby club in the you know in the in the national pyramid. So we're not we're not just doing this as a you know little Canterbury city trying to build a stadium. It's a much wider project, and I, I think it's going to happen. Otherwise, I wouldn't be still at the club. All going well. When when do you hope to kick the first ball there? Well, I, th- I think the current projections and these change you know, quite a bit. Um, is you know potentially we could be in there you know middle towards the back end of next season. Um, so then we'd potentially have a you know a dilemma whether we start a new season fresh in there, you know drum up some interest for the first game, or we actually just get in there as soon as it's done. It's quite nice to do an interview together, Matt, or, or for the podcast, wasn't it? And, and Ben Smith is 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 a really nice talker, a really good bloke, and, and some interesting points he made there. Yeah, I, I think it was interesting how. He works as a manager, difficult working in. They've got another club that hasn't got his own ground and how it works. Interesting that things work in their favour, what you mentioned there, didn't he, about in the, in the FA, um, in the Vars competition. And again, having a decent season, as he mentioned there, can go higher in the league. Maybe he probably fancies a bit of a run in the, uh, in the Vars from that point. Of view. We've got, so they've got a big game tonight against K Sports, put down a marker against that and people will be overlooking their shoulder. Maybe, maybe if they can get that ground, it could be a, you know, 2019 could be a really exciting year for Canterbury City Football Club. Yeah, it could. And that game at Corinthian, I think it's in on November the 3rd, the uh, the next round of the Vars. That game at Corinthian is, is an interesting one because Corinthian have beaten Deal they, they, they've, and they had a good run in the FA Cup. They're obviously a good a good cup side, Corinthian. And I think Canterbury, as we as Ben said there, they'll be pleased that they've got a chance for revenge in that one. Yeah, I, I think he was disappointed again. The FA Cup, they put down a thinking it'll be one of the competitions that we're doing. doing well, second place in the league, unbeaten away from home. They've lost a couple at home. Yeah, again, one of the sides we didn't think maybe would be uh, at the right end of the table. But as you mentioned before, it's still a bit of a crazy league, the uh, scaffold. Maybe we say it every time, maybe a few more weeks or maybe a couple of more months before we can work out how it's going to go. But yeah, 
all on that. And, and again, hopefully for Canterbury, um, they can get to that ground. But I see there's been a bit on the little bit of papers about some people saying about the traffic conditions getting to this new ground. But there's always going to be ups, there's always going to be downs in those things. But they seem quite confident they can do it. And I think it would be fantastic if, if Canterbury, not necessarily a footballing city, but I think the facilities there, people might go and well, people will be interested in the football club. And since I've been watching football, apart from we used to go to King's Meadow and they used to play, Canterbury's never really been a, a football hotbed. And, and the size of it, it really should be. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I went to school in Canterbury, so it was always somewhere that I was interested. I, I in fact, played for uh, the not so mighty Havelock Hammers, which were based in Canterbury back in the uh, back in the day, um, in the early nineties. While you were obsessed with new kids on the block and stuff, um, but I Champions manager as well. Then. Well, true. But uh, you know, I always found that you know it always kind of surprised me that Canterbury didn't have a, a better team, and obviously they lost Kingsmead, their stadium. And that obviously affected them and the club itself sort of disappeared for a few years and then, you know, slowly came back. And But they've never managed to get that home. And I think because they've had this nomadic existence, I mean, it's been, what, 15 years, I think, since they reformed pretty much, playing at Herne Bay and they had a spell at Whitstable, Ashford, and obviously Deal and now at Faversham. They've been all around the houses. and But you kind of get the feeling that the second they get back into Canterbury, there is a possibility that they may be able to really grow as a club. And, and like you said there, I really hope it happens for them. Yeah, I think maybe if you get them and people may want to think, oh, let's go and take my kids to go and watch it. The rugby club is successful. They're going to be a link to the rugby club. And hopefully, um, I don't know how that will, I presume one will be home, one will be away on that thing. So Saturday afternoon, people can spend their, their new facilities and looking online what the new facilities are. You have to say they're, they're pretty impressive if it can work out for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the Southern Counties League itself, uh, Fisher beat Glebe 4-0 on Saturday. Hollands and Blair lost 3-0 to Crowborough. And in the battle of the promoted teams, it was K-Sports who won. They beat Punjab United 1-0. Uh, game on Monday night as well. Irith 2, Corinthian 2. Uh, we're going to do it again, Matt. We're going to run down the Scaffold Division 1 results on Saturday. FC Elmstead 1, Kennington 1. Forest Hill Park nil, Irith and Belvedere 2. Kent Football United nil, Sutton Athletic 1. Lidtown nil, Bryden Ropes 4. Meridian VP 1, Welling Town 1. Rochester United 2, Holmesdale 4. Snodland Town 1, Lewisham Borough 4. SC Thamesmead 3, Phoenix Sports Reserves 1, and Stansfeld 4, Greenways 1, with a certain Luke Rooney on uh, getting two of the goals there, uh, Matt. It, who would have thought, hey? I wondered where he was. Uh, uh, Hessen Tyler went to Dover. I think um, he was a big fan of Rooney. Yeah, he went to Crawley, Maidstone, went to America. It's interesting why he's gone down to those levels. He's got a couple of goals there in front of a crowd of 38. Yeah, I'm a bit, people were saying he was he was even better than Bradley Dack if he was at the same age as Dak or maybe a little bit older so he was supposed to be the the big thing from the Jewels and it hasn't really worked out for him but maybe uh, he wanted to on his way out maybe he's put his hunger back for football Indeed, this weekend for the Scaffold teams it is the Kent Senior Trophy um, all of the fixtures for that are on the Scaffold website because there was lots of them um, In the Boston Premier Angels are still top despite losing to Bogram on Saturday because folks in Victor then did them a favour by beating Bogdan themselves 4-2 on Tuesday night. Uh, in Victor had lost on Saturday to Dorking. Uh, Margate beat Enfield 2-1 on Saturday. Joe Taylor scoring both of those goals. Uh, this week, uh, they're all away on Saturday. Hornchurch is the destination for Tunbridge Angels. Margate go to Bogner and Lew uh, Folkestone go to Lewis. And then on Tuesday night, they're all at home. Folkestone against Carshorton, Margate against Hornchurch and Tunbridge Angels against Enfield. And Tunbridge Angels... Are 
they've had a couple of home defeats now, but on the road they're, they're still doing well. And I suppose they've just got to keep, try and keep the the momentum going, haven't they? Yeah, injury to Johnny Henley, wasn't it, the weekend, and then bring the sub goalie on, and they score from 30 yards. Disappointing, but, uh, you know, I think, again, if you'd offered any time with Angels fan where they are at this time of the season, they'll be absolutely delighted with that. And Hornchurch will be a, you know, the people like Sean Marks, George Purcell, players like that. It's a tough test for them there, but they've got nothing to fear, and I'm sure Steve McKim will be uh, working hard to keep them in that. But again, we're pretty confident they can get uh, in the playoffs. But for example, folks, it's all that 4-2. Um, Neil Cudley's been pretty critical of his play, hasn't he, in the press or something, it hasn't really worked out. Um, Ken O'Mara came in from the Jills and he's released a couple of players, including Jack Evans, but it's a long old trek to Bogner on a Tuesday night for Boston, but 4-2, absolutely fantastic result, and Kane Rowland banging in the goals as well, and good to see Adi Yusuf, hasn't had a really good start to the season with a couple as well, and hopefully that can kickstart the uh, Stone season. Yeah, in the Bostick South on this weekend, the fixtures, um, life after Farm and Ray starts for Faversham at home to Hayward Heath, uh, Ramsgate go to Greenwich Borough. It's Herne Bay against Cray Wanderers. Seven Oaks against Ashford United. There's no love lost between those two teams. Uh, Sittingbourne hosts Phoenix. And Three Bridges, uh, Hyde go to Three Bridges. It's VCD against Whitstable. And at the bottom of that list, it says Whiteleaf versus Thamesmead. But unfortunately, as we've already discussed, that one won't be going ahead. But I, there's two standout games there that I would have gone to if I was around this weekend, which unfortunately I'm not because I'm busy all the time at the minute. Um, Herne Bay against Cray and Seven Oaks against Ashford United. And I don't know if you remember, Matt, the row between Seven Oaks and Ashford or involving our friend Mickey Collins, um, where they didn't play that game at Homelands because of, uh, of concerns about the pitch. And obviously now they're going to. Um, to Seven Oaks on Saturday, Ashford, bit of a charity thing going on as well. So hopefully that will raise lots of money. But I get the feeling that the Ashford fans are probably looking forward to that one. Yeah, Ashford always. I think they're one of the world's best supported team. A bit of niggly rivalry and that sounds like a, a game that Mickey Collins and Gary Alexander will be really sort of up for. So uh, that's probably one, yeah, worth watching on the sideline as well on the pitch, that one. Yeah, and two teams in contrasting form as well. Because Ashford had a really good start, but they've tailed off a bit. And all being out of the trophy, they've not had a couple of they've not had games as, as regularly as others. Whereas Seven Oaks had a slow start, and they're now climbing up the table. Um, talking to teams that want to climb up tables, Matt, uh, in the National League on Saturday, didn't give Dover much of a chance going up to Harrogate on Saturday, but uh, they got a point. Could have been all three in Andy Hesson Tyler's first game back in charge and, and two goals from Inny Effiong, including an absolute worldie, wasn't there? Hey, I've always rated him, didn't I? Yeah. Played through strengths and he'll, he'll, he'll score goals. Yeah. He, well, you know, I was in and out, didn't go to a game on Saturday. So then, sure, it's 1-0, then it's 1-0. Then we're 2-1 up. I was wondering around Sainsbury's. So uh, people have been thinking I was a bit mad, punching the air, then a late equaliser. If you'd offered me a draw beforehand, I'd take your hands off. I'm impressed that we had two goals. Um, from a striker, as we haven't scored, scored many goals from a striker. Again, you look at the goals we're conceding, it, 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 it's simple, crosses into the box, finished, and they need to work on that. But, something to work on, and the next four games, including this week in the FA Cup, are probably going to make or break, Dave, I would probably say, with the signs got around it. But yeah, optimistic, a couple of new signings came in, Stuart Lewis, we know all about, from Maystone's come in, he should form a good partnership, hopefully with Mitch Brundle, had a bit of bite and maybe allow Brundle to go forward a little bit more. But yeah, it's optimism and, you know, we didn't lose on a Saturday. So, um, and it's coming, it's coming through, John. It's six months I've seen since Dover win. I think the anniversary <laughs> must be coming up. So I'm hoping, I am off to the FA Cup this weekend, that um, it could be. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I've seen, I've, been games, I've seen about 10 of these. 
10 of the 16. So, yeah, I haven't seen him win for a while. So, I mean, my Saturday evening was, you know, I had a smile on my face. We didn't lose. I mean, even the wife said, oh, you look a bit happier. Yeah, we didn't lose. So that's always good. Excellent. Well, it's good to know your mood can fluctuate uh, on such things. And we've we've discussed this before, actually. And I didn't actually show you that picture, but you'll love Concord. What a, what a lovely surroundings that is for an FA Cup tie on Saturday. Um, elsewhere in the National League, Jack Powell's on the move as well. He's gone to, from Ebbsfleet to Maidstone. Um, obviously, and then Stuart Lewis has moved on to Dover. Uh, went down 2-0 at Fylde on Saturday, Maidstone. I heard Harry Wheeler saying that they played well for 70 minutes or 68 minutes and then ultimately ended up with nothing. And and I kind of worry about Maidstone. I think Wheeler's a good manager, but the new manager bounce hasn't really happened that much for them, has it? Yeah, I'm more concerned with is the lack of goals. If Turgut doesn't score, nobody else seems to score, do they? So, yeah, Fylde's a difficult place to go, no doubt about it. Fylde will be up there come the end of the season and um, Maidstone at the post, etc. like that. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Powell's come in. You know, everything fans weren't too disappointed he'd gone. A bit like Lewis. Maystone fans, I don't know if it's sour grapes but by the clubs that weren't too disappointed he'd gone to a rival. So, yeah, I think goal scoring could be an issue for Maystone as well. And a bit like Dover, they, they concede goals as well. So if you concede in one, it's always an uphill task. Yeah, tough games coming up for them. They've got Lake Norrin at home in the FA Cup. And I'm sure Lake Norrin will be taking this game very seriously as well. So it's going to be tough at the Gallagher. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I am concerned about Maystone. When you look at the league table, the moment, you know, two of our sides are in the ensconced in the relegation zone, and if they don't buck their ideas up, they could well be going down. It's not, nothing we want, but yeah, I think Maidstone need somehow get a goal score from somewhere. Yeah, and we, it just goes to show what we know as well. Because last week we did, I did jokingly say, "Oh, who's going to score the most?" Uh, Fylde against Maidstone, Salford against Braintree, or Harrogate against your boys. And the answer was they all actually scored two, but only one of those teams actually won, which was filed, which was uh, quite surprising. Yeah, great, great result for Braintree, um, I have to say. That game, new manager bounce, as, as predicted on here, wasn't it? Hey, Rettin uh, got the job. So, yeah, shows how tough the National League. If you're organised and have a threat, it's a tough old division. And I don't think anybody would have given Braintree a chance at Salford. And, and they conceded a bit like Dover a 94th minute equaliser. So, uh, fair play to them. Yeah, um, Ebbsfleet went down at Solly Hole, continuing their stuttering form, but Bromley did get three points. Uh, these All of our teams go on to the FA Cup now this weekend. Uh, Concord Rangers against Dover, as you've already mentioned. Ebbsfleet desperately need a home win there at home to Worthing of the uh, Bostick Premier. Maidstone take on Leighton Orient, tough one for them. Bromley go to Gloucester, and it's Woking against Welling in the uh, in the clash between two teams at the top of National League South. And I said this on the radio show on Monday. I am confident about these teams. I think we're going to get four going through to join the Jills in the first round. So, who, who are you saying is going to go? You're going Maidstone, are you? I think Maidstone are going to find it tough on Saturday, yeah. And I think Leighton Orient will want a cup run, won't they? Because they, you know, they're, they're a big club and they'll look back. It's only, what, 10 years ago they played Arsenal and took them to a replay. So, you know, they. I think that that one may just be a step too far for Maidstone. But then you never know. The FA Cup's a wonderful thing. Maidstone need a home win. You'd look at the odds and say, well, they've got no chance, but you just never know what's going to happen on a Saturday afternoon, do you? Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Um, did Gloucester still play at Cheltenham's ground? I think because they haven't got their own ground. I don't know if they still do. So I, th- I think they've moved it actually the other way. I think they might be playing at Evesham now. I don't know if that's oh, right. definitely right, but they, they're certainly not in Gloucester just yet, but they are planning on getting back there soon. Yeah, they've got a new manager and the guy who um, used to be manager of um, Eastleigh came in. So, yeah, that's a bit of a banana skin as well. And 
I think they're all a bit of a banana. I think they're all banana skins. So you look at it apart from Maidstone against maybe going to Dover Concord, Sammy Moore, Concord, Sammy Moore had a great run in the FA Cup last year. Jack Midson. They know each all about each other, him and Andy Tess and so that's a, that's a flip of the coin. If Dover are focused, play to their levels to beat them. Um Welling um Bromley just mentioned at Gloucester as well. Ebsley at home, they haven't been too good at home against Worthing. Worthing are doing pretty well this season as well. So that is a potential banana scheme because they're not playing that well. So uh, uh, and Welling at Woking Woking another one of those sides that I'm not a big fan of so anybody who beats Woking I'm pleased to see and uh, from that point of view and I think Steve King knows his onions and yeah, I've got a fancy I think Welling can do Woking as well so yeah interesting sides and decent games as well and fingers crossed that we're talking about one of our season sides maybe home to Charlton away to Sunderland or something uh, this time next week well, indeed. Um, in the National League South, Welling, we just talked about them. They beat Slough um, to keep up their brilliant run of form. And Darford won at Chippenham, Matt. And can you believe we've left it this late to mention the fact that a goalkeeper scored for one of our Kent teams, Darren Ibrahim? I believe it was his second career goal as well from his own half. But uh, that, that sometimes you just need that little bit of luck. And I'm not going to say he meant it because he probably didn't. Well, it's, uh, why does this only happen in non-league? You know, I know Paul Robinson scored for the Premier League to me a few years ago, but... Always when it's windy, you'll find a non-league keeper whooping it, uh, whooping it, whooping it upfield and then it going in the back of the net. Yeah, Darren Ebert scored before. And again, well, I checked the data for the Twitter at the end of the game, see the score, and it came up, goal flash, Ebert. I thought, hang on, he's the keeper. And it was after 50 minutes, you know, that the wind's with him and he's cleared it. But you've got to feel go- the other goalkeeper was from, on loan from West Brom, wasn't he? So um, you've got a bit of pedigree, but how embarrassing. But shows you've got a big boot, you can cause problems. And, not many people have uh, scored more than two players. Outfield players scored two goals in their career, but Ibrahim got that. So, fair, fair play to him, and hopefully that can kickstart the darts. Dare I ask, Matt, as, as a man who has made no secret of his love of long ball football and has also made no secret of how much he is a fan of Mitch Walker, if yeah. Mitch Walker were to ping a free kick in from 70 yards, yeah. would you actually explode? Probably, yeah, I've never seen a goalkeeper score, so I think it would be... a uh, from that point of view. I'm a fan of long ball football if you're successful. I, I, I back this up. When Dover played, they played long ball football to the final third when they had Payne, Miller, etc. like that. Then they played the football around it. I've got no problem with hitting it long. You've got the players to do it. So, um, from that point of view, oh, you know, I, I, I do like a bit of sexy football, but I, I like a bit of up and at them football as well. But yeah, Super Mitch Walker scoring a goal. Well, it, it probably is. Super Mitch Walker would probably... Wouldn't celebrate going up to the other goalkeeper and say, I'm sorry, mate, but that's what a side guy he is. So, uh, from that point of view, part of the goalkeeper's union, Mitch Walker. Yeah, but oh, I'd love to see a goalkeeper's got. I'd love to see it more that goalkeeper comes up for a corner in the last minute, bullets ahead of him, because I, I do love a bullet header. I'm just trying to think if I've ever seen a goalkeeper score in the flesh. I'm not sure if I have or not. I've seen some uh, come, uh, come yeah, close. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often. I definitely haven't seen it. Well, you know, the keeper normally goes over and they normally fall over in the first minute. Or one of the things that annoys me the most, the goalkeeper goes up and by the time they take it and he's halfway still lumbering up there. So I've seen that on numerous occasions. Yeah, I don't think I have. Something in my head is telling me that I have, but I genuinely can't remember it at the moment. I'll have to have a look um, at something later on and find out. Anyway, that is the end of this week's show. And it may be windy at Concord on Saturday, Matt, because it's that sort of place. So you never know. Mm. Your dream may just come true on Saturday. Um, that would be, be crazy if that happened, wouldn't it? Mitch Walker ping one in from 70 yards. You'll be on the pitch, be mate. Like Mystic, Mystic John. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Thanks everyone for listening this week and good luck to all of those teams in the FA Cup on Saturday. Hopefully we'll have some good news to talk about uh, next week and on our radio show on Monday night where we're going to be getting reaction from every manager whose team is in the hat uh, in in Kent on on Monday night on BBC Radio Kent um, from 9 till 10 o'clock. Um, I can see the studios from where I'm actually sat now, so it's nice to give that a plug. Um, but yeah, all that remains to say is uh, thanks to Ben Smith as well for giving his time up. Thanks to Matt for uh, for being on, on the other end of the phone as well on this uh, autumnal Wednesday afternoon. Um, we'll be back with you next week. Don't forget, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook, where I'm having problems posting at the moment. Um, we are at Kent Non-League. Um, but thanks everyone for listening and we shall speak to you all next week. I hope I'm flying high at Concord on Saturday. <laughs>